The Very Serious Crafts Podcast is on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast, find out about our Patreon half-stitched episodes, and more. Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 4 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I am Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Bones and Bobbins Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about thread painting. Yes. Also sometimes called needle painting. Uh, both, uh-huh. yes. both are similar. And, oh, shoot, I just remembered a funny thing I was going to tell you in our last episode, and now it's not relevant. Oh, I'll have to tell you later. Oh, uh, well, tell me anyway. Well, <laughs> oh, we were... Well, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, the mind, the mind. Anyway, we were last time we were talking about things we would never make... And one of those things that I said was a leather purse. And literally in anticipation of recording that episode, I had a dream where I was in like a store that sold leather craft items. And I ended up like (laughs) roaming around and then like starting to like sit down and like teach kids some project or something. It was all very, you know. That sounds accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And, And I thought... I, I was going to tell you about that, and clearly it went away, and now it came back again. Well, <laughs> it, it, it has resurfaced, um, <laughs> so I'm pleased about that. Has and nothing to do with if you're thread or needle painting. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, it difficult sewing. <laughs> sure, sure, I we can go know. with that. Um, but presumably, if you are listening to this, you have probably listened to the episode we're talking about. So yes. you know what uh, what's going on. And if not, go listen to season four, episode three. Yes, that. Yes. And so uh, before we jump into talking, we want to give a shout out to our very serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, who are supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks to Christine and Christina. You're the best. Thank you so much. Also, my middle name is Christine. So there you go. Um, and there were, my first name was in the last round. So yeah, we've had like clusters of similar names joining us yep. on, uh, on Patreon and, and it has worked out nicely for, these shout outs i have to say it's true i love it thanks <laughs> you guys are making it real easy keep it up <laughs> yeah yeah it's very nice and tidy um yeah so yeah let's let's talk about some thread painting here i oh i'm just so impressed all the time it, it's like my favorite corner of instagram the thread painting yeah corner and like especially hand embroidered thread painting yes like it blows my mind every time and i mean i'm skilled but in a very different way right um Um, yeah oh we should maybe explain what thread painting is in case people don't know this is a, a form of embroidery that i i always immediately think of hand embroidery for this but in fact you can do this with yeah, me too. Machine embroidery and, um, you know, I think you had mentioned that even free motion quilting can fall into this category at times. But um, 
But basically, it really is, it looks like a painting that has been made with thread. And the stitches Mm -hmm. become like brush strokes. And you have these, this blend of colors that just, um, like, I think sometimes in my head, I think that variegated embroidery floss should create this blend of colors that it does not do. Variegated thread is not like self-striping yarn that creates an out, you know, an outcome that no. is exactly like what you want. <laughs> the only way that you can do this with embroidery is to literally be changing colors and layering well, colors. And there's a business idea. There you go. I know. It would it could be that could be pretty cool. But the problem is of course, you know, it's not like you don't em- embroider things the same way like you do a sock where it's always going to be a roughly the same size, you know? So, yeah. Uh, thread painting, it's just changing out those colors and layering in stitches to create what looks like a painting. Blending blending tones and so on. Yeah. Um, the way I first saw this thread painting technique was on pet portraits. Yes. And, like, specifically cat portraits. And I... Think and, and I'm not entirely sure because I could not track down some of the earlier stuff that I saw, but I think it was a Japanese trend or possibly a Russian trend. Okay. Um, they seem to have existed in that kind of fine detail very near in time to each other. Okay. Um. But I, I think that the first time that I saw someone who I recognized, like, from names being on the internet, mm-hmm. it was uh, Sarah Barnes, who is brown paper bag on the internet, and she does brown paper bag stitch, which is basically custom pet portraits, and she did cat portraits on the collar of a button-down shirt like on either side at the points of the collar yes and (laughs) i i feel deeply obsessed and yeah it's it's like it's so fun and they look so real yeah they're and i think actually that's one of the things that i love about it is that it it does look so real, and yet there's also things where people use it in ways that it's not, it's not like trying to create photorealism. It feels more like they are um, painting something that is just like a, you know, a slightly stylized oil painting yeah, almost. Like a style. I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. Um, I saw, I saw one and I just, you know, I was wanting to show someone an example of what that is. And so I just pulled up, like I searched for needle, like the hashtag for, um, thread painting or needle painting on Instagram. And one of the pieces that I saw was, it was a portrait of a woman's face from, I think the front and the side, and it used long stitches Mm -hmm. that looked 
almost like cross hatching, but in shades of, of skin tones. And, and it, it was, it really did look like it had been done as a fine art piece. And in fact, it is a fine art piece. I would, I would say if you're needle painting can, or thread painting can get into very quickly can get into fine art status. Yeah. I think that it is definitely in the area where craft and art overlap. And there's a lot of that area. And I could go off on a tangent on how women do that all the time. But if a man shows up in (laughs) an area, it's suddenly art. Where if a woman was doing the same thing, it's crafting. Um, I'm not mad about that at all. But, but, but no, like this is definitely, definitely. This is at the, yeah. And and it is the, um, looks like it could hang in a museum kind of art in, in some cases and not always like there's, um, an embroidery artist. Her name is Trish Burr. And, um, we definitely are going to link to a bunch of these artists and, uh, pieces that we talk about in the show notes, but she has, she has mini courses that you can take. She even has free downloadable, you know, PDF tutorials for the processes for doing things and a lot uh, doing um, thread painting. And um, a lot of her stuff is more botanical in nature, lots of florals and things, but not all. And yeah, I was just going to talk about some of some of that stuff. Too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I think that her. Um, her site is a really great place to start. And then also Amina from Stitch Floral. She, mm-hmm. um, her blog, oh, yeah. she has, she does so many beautiful florals. And I think that she actually learned some of her, the technique that she uses from Trish Burr. But she has a whole section on, uh, with tips for, for doing this technique. And, and I like that there's an element of accessibility to it. If you've done some embroidery, you can learn to do this and just start, you know, visualizing yeah. the colors blending together. But like, there's also a, a point of needing a, an understanding of art to get to some of these other like upper levels of things. Oh, yeah. That, that's not where I am. At least at this I... point. <laughs> I've never tried this, um, although when we were talking about things that look like they could or should hang in a museum, it made me think immediately about um, the Museum of Natural History here in New York City. Yeah. And, like, if people have not been to or seen that museum, it is a very, very old school museum with, like dioramas um like life-size dioramas set up and not tacky well sometimes tacky but um (laughs) in in a charming sort of way it's like yeah it it, it's an old museum and it has like specimen cases and things like that and so a lot of this work especially my favorite pieces are botanical like botanical illustrations that I could absolutely imagine 
hanging out in the Museum of Natural History. Yeah. And I, oh, I love that look. I actually have a botanical illustration um, slightly behind me. And, like, that is a technique that I have all the supplies and books to learn how to do and have not yet done it. But I, I just, doing that in like a medium that I would say that I would say that I am an expert cross stitcher, even though most of the patterns you would see me design are beginner accessible. Right. I know how to do photorealistic um, and art cross stitch. Yeah. But I do not have these skills and I am just in awe. Yeah. I... Like, I have always, when people ask me why I like doing embroidery, I've always said, well, it's like drawing with thread. Because yeah, that is what it is. Or, you know, even in some cases, it's a little bit more like doing a coloring book with thread. But this is just, and this is, this is more of that, but just to the, to the next, next level. And, like, so often especially when you see like the animal portraits you yeah. see that it's it's being worked with a single strand of embroidery floss which means that yes. be, and cuz that's how you're getting the the blending of colors and mm -hmm. yet that means the coverage is going to be much less it's going to take many 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 more stitches oh yeah and that just blows my mind. Yeah, I think um, some more of my favorites in this area are, you've seen like the really realistic like flowers and butterflies on um, Tull, right? I think so, yeah. Well, and I will post okay. uh, photos of someone doing that, but like... Um, oh, I've just clicked like on Like dandelion seeds. And... I, I, I'm looking at this right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so there are some really, really beautiful and unexpected things that you can do on different fabrics than you would generally use. That's a good point. Um, I wouldn't have thought of that. Although I, I have to say, yeah. Um, and so many people, because there's so much structure be in those pieces because yeah. of the layering of the thread mm -hmm. you can use delicate fabrics that you wouldn't necessarily be able to use on something less substantial which i um, think is almost the opposite of what you would think or expect yeah 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 oh i agree um there is a woman named um megan sanowski okay who does fantastic like water uh, mm -hmm. um, images involving water often and there are two of her pieces that I am obsessed with uh, I guess three technically because there are two of them in one photo um, one of them is a goldfish in a bag where she has actually 
created the depth of something clear, okay. which is fascinating. Um, and then there are otters. Okay, so I'm I on her. Them. I'm on her Instagram right now, and yeah, the otters. I have, I have not seen the goldfish yet, but I saw the otters, and wow, they're absolutely delightful. I also really liked her uh, yeah. her bowl of cereal, where it looks like the Fruit Loops are sort of splashing out with the milk, and in which she said, "The stitching is really sloppy in this, but I'm posting it anyway, <laughs> and it's just magnificent." And she actually came back and edited the post to say, "Oh, thanks for your kind words. I guess I was being overly critical." <laughs> she was definitely being Aww. overly critical because yeah. it's her work is wow. <laughs> And there's so much movement in it. Yeah. Like there are, I think that's a kingfisher. Um, there, there are birds, like birds yeah. interacting with water. Um, and like there's a lot of water in her work and a lot of movement in it that like splashes and things like that. And her work is also not done on white generally yeah. speaking I yeah. mean I assume sometimes it is but it's really cool and I did just uh, post a link under her name to the goldfish okay it, I'm, if you would like to oh, see I, it I'm going for um, it I also and I, I will was, post it I was um scrolling through too and seeing that she has also done some really cool um more impressionistic pieces where she's working with yeah many bright colors and she's not going for something realistic but the the still the level of detail in how she has uh how she's capturing features like there's a um like a leopard or a cheetah and it's it's got pinks and purples and blues and oranges and it's it's so beautiful but again what you see and in this one you can tell she has a close-up where there's She's using more strands, but it's because she's going for that impressionistic painting look with these broader strokes. Right. And yeah, like so, palette painting. Yeah. Uh, that, um, the, the ability to do so many different things with this is astounding to me. And also the goldfish is so cool. Yeah. Ooh, and she also, like, you should just scroll through all of her work because it's just really yeah. delightful to look at. Yeah. But um, she posted the back of one of them. And um, those of you who have listened for a long time know that my backs are as neat as my fronts. Uh-huh. And hers are not well, and i feel be. like there's that is no... such a good thing for people to yeah. see no it yeah, it wouldn't be possible right because like um, the function of this is going to like the how you would would do it would be very different but yeah you're right i've just found it i've just found that uh piece and wow yeah and it really wouldn't be possible like i'm not saying that in judgment yeah. i'm just like I feel like that makes it feel less intimidating. Yeah. If you see the back and see all of like the all of the movement that goes into it yeah. really shows on the back. Right. Can you imagine and, if you uh yeah. 
if you were trying to do a piece like this with so many stitches where you're trying to blend things and just make it work, because there's a certain amount of it that you just have to figure out as you go, you know, there's not a, yeah. a prescribed way to do this. Uh, if you were trying to do that and keep the back neat, you would spend as much time managing your thread as you would actually a- accomplishing anything because oh yeah it just wouldn't you would you would have to focus on that so much and this is clearly she's just stitching and i think that's i think that's beautiful um another oh, yeah. another one like a tutorial that i love because it's very different from this like the hyper realistic stuff is uh-huh. Anne from Lolly and Grace did she actually has a number of posts on this kind of technique but she does it in a in a very bold colorful sort of way that again looks closer oh, to yeah. uh that that cheetah or whatever where she's yeah. bringing it's in almost like stamping colors. yeah and she so she like does the color and then she outlines it in black so that it looks again more coloring book like she also has done um she has some mushrooms that are very like light-hearted in how they are presented they're not again hyper realistic but yeah. um they really get the the blending thing going on and um again yeah, I they're think that really cool it's a good, like, you can do this version yeah. of this technique. I mean, hers look like someone who's really, really great at um, marker technique, yeah. which is really hard to be great at. And and I think it's, again, it's so cool to me that something like this does look a lot of different ways. It's not all one thing, because I tend to think of it as gorgeous pet portraits or even oh, yeah. some uh, landscapes that um mm-hmm. that people do would you like to have your mind blown uh, sure <laughs> what am i looking um, at click on the emily ferris link okay so emily ferris is a uk embroiderer and she does whimsical hyper-realistic things. Yes. And I am obsessed with two things that she has made, and I will repost them literally anytime they come up. And it is her Luna Moth. Uh-huh. And there's a giant red mushroom. Uh-huh. And I just... I can't. They're amazing. And she designs kits. And uh, so you can buy the patterns. And she also has like, a set of classes on, um, and I don't know this platform, uh, Domestica. Okay, and yeah. And so, like, video tutorial classes. <laughs> and, like, her work is, I think my absolute favorite of this type of work. Yeah. It's, Probably because it's 
the most to my personal aesthetic. Well, I think that it's also, it's a really unique blend of realism and whimsy. It's, it, it's like, yeah, she's doing Look at this. how fuzzy the butterfly body is. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a, a bumblebee one that she has. It's on like a night sky with these flowers underneath it. If you if you actually look at it, the sky yeah. all around the bee and everything is all stitched as well. It's not just what you see in the foreground. But she is she's taking a very serious craft and also not taking it too seriously. Like she puts these playful elements in there that are so yeah. charming. I also really appreciate yeah. that she has a number of of times where she shows here's what this looked like i'm looking at a a moth uh, design that she did here's what my embroidery looked like in 2013 here's what it looks like in 2018 and seeing where she came from oh yeah where she is i forgot she's really good about that kind of encouragement yeah I, I'm, you could literally just look at these pictures all day. I, um, probably will. (laughs) Because why finish this book proposal that I'm working on if I could just stare at whimsical bees? Precisely. I'm also quite smitten by the, the blue butterfly surrounded by florals. Mm. Yes. I, I just love I feel like the ones, this is why we are so perfect together, is the ones that I am obsessed with are the exact opposite of the ones that you are obsessed Uh with. And I love that um, because like she clearly, she's so skilled and she's so skilled at working in different color palettes that there are massive differences within yeah her art even if they're the same technique yeah. and it's it's very cool i, I do um, I have i'm to deeply ask. impressed definitely mm. definitely i have to ask um on the the toadstool embroidery is yeah. your favorite version the one on the light background or the dark background dark definitely yes i i 100 agree with you there it's magical yeah i It's just one of those, that's it. Um, I mean, it's beautiful on the light background, but the dark background just really makes those colors pop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, generally speaking, I will like the things on the dark background instead of the lighter backgrounds, but some of of it is perfect. I mean, frankly, I think it's all perfect. But (laughs) yeah, I, I love her art i love her technique and i want to be friends with her to be clear i do not know this person um i just am a huge fan yeah of her work i think it's beautiful yeah uh so i have now clicked on the the last link that you included in our in our little planning and show yes. notes document this is what is her name uh katie martin and yes, this is like goods. This is almost like now for something completely different, because yeah, it's uh, a little bit more open and different 
different feeling that feels almost more like a small watercolor sketch in thread. Yeah. In a lot of, yeah. at least for a lot of I, them. It's, and again, it's not beautiful. dissimilar to any of the others. It right. just, it has, I think, more visible contrast. Mm hmm. And also, she has some pieces. And a lot of texture. Lots of texture, yes. It reminds me of, uh, and now I cannot remember for the life of me who the who it is, uh, someone I follow who she does embroidered um, bridal bouquet pieces. So you cool. send her a photo of your bridal bouquet, and then she stitches it up. And let me tell you, she captures those things so well i think she also does some pet portraits but the wow. there was she, that's neat that's a really nice keepsake it is it's a cool way to um to capture that and again there was one that she posted a picture of it and she did it side by side like half photo half embroidery and you you pretty mm -hmm. much couldn't tell where where one started and one stopped she does such a good job of doing that. And no, I will. And that I'll, blows my mind. Yeah. I will. I'll figure out who it is and I will make sure that I add that to the show notes as well because you just have to see her. Cool. You just have to see her work. And it's, yeah. It's all. Yeah. I mean, these are just such talented and so, just such inspiring makers. And I love that even though we've been in the business, for a really long time, yeah, there are still things that stop us like dead in our tracks. Um, yes, I, I think that the um, Harvest Goods Company that we're looking at right now, um, it reminds me of cruel embroidery. Yeah, but in floss instead of wools. Exactly. Um, in fact, so, I was yeah. um, definitely. I had a conversation about this with my mom because she had never really mm -hmm. heard of it. And she immediately went towards cruel as I was describing it to her. And, and that is, as I think, especially when you see pieces that are made with more strands of embroidery floss, where you get thicker lines, it feels like cruel, which makes sense yeah. because cruel wool is going to be thicker. Um, Yep. So, and there's just more texture because yes. you can see the strands. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, there's, I've seen pieces where it looks like waves crashing up and the, yeah, like using French knots to create the foam of a wave. I love oh. a French knot detail. Yeah. And, and I it love just it. like, it, the texture that you can get from embroidery again it is it's similar to palette knife painting because yep. it's you want to touch it mm. and you know you really shouldn't be touching that embroidery and getting your oily hands on there but it's so delightful i mean wash your hands first yeah yeah but but ooh. Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. I, oh yeah i'm just i'm amazed and um also i feel like it should be mentioned, because we've been talking about painting so much during this, that oftentimes the artists are also basically watercolor painting the backgrounds. 
of some of these um, before stitching. Yes. And, and giving essentially like a, a paint by number lovely. type of a thing, but just something for them to work from mm-hmm. to, you know, like sketching in a design first, uh, which is another thing yeah. I've seen where people, you know, do a little sketch of of what they're planning. and But a lot of times, again, they're just, they just freehand sketch it because they are that kind of an artist as well. Or sometimes I've, there's, again, there's plenty of patterns that you can find that give you that framework to start with so that you can just fill in the color and, and have success with it. Yeah. And I think that, um, that this person, Katie Martin also seems to have kits. It looks like, um, that, like some smaller, very accessible starting points. Yeah. So should you suddenly find yourself deeply enamored, <laughs> uh, go forth and stitch. That's right. And um, spoiler alert, it's likely that you will become enamored. <laughs> yeah, very likely. Yeah. Indeed. Well, this was this was a very lovely topic to explore and uh and i I hope i hope that as you're listening to this and you're listening to us like talk about something that is very visual i hope that you can like that you can imagine some of these things with us but really go look at these show notes so that you can see uh just the the level of expertise and possibility that is here yeah because it'll blow your mind yeah yeah all right now i'm gonna go try not to start a new project (laughs) mm -hmm. yeah that's the problem always uh, especially these yeah boy do i want to stitch yeah i'm supposed to be stitching right i i have all of the supplies me too Mm -hmm. in fact in fact most crafters that have done any sort of needle craft at all probably have all the supplies that is true. It's dangerous. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Even more accessible. Yeah. All right. Before <laughs> we actually talk ourselves into starting these, um, I think we should probably sign off. Indeed. It's time. Yes. Yeah, so thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes, which you definitely want to look at. Yes. And all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And if you happen to be one of the designers who we got really, really excited about and you want to be friends, let us know. Yes, please. Uh, Because we we want to be friends. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And finally, if you're a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Ta-da!